Hello, dear listeners of Topical Reflections on Music. We are back uh, with uh, a very special guest today, Gabrielle Tessier. She is a professional organist from Montreal, uh, Masters in Organ Performance. Uh, she is the titular organist of the Co-Cathedral in Longueuil and the church in Belleuil. Uh, she plays all over the South Shore and in Montreal. She is also a, a singer, a very experienced musician, mother of uh, three children, in fama tout faire. Thank you very much, dear Gabrielle, for agreeing to be with us today. My pleasure. So you're a product of the Quebecois educational system that is inspired by the French one. For the uninitiated listeners, can you explain the curriculum structure of the Quebec Conservatoire undergraduate and graduate programs? Yes. Uh, first of all, uh, one needs to know that the Conservatoire is a network. Un unlike universities, which are Université de Montréal, which has its own curriculum, McGill, Concordia, and everything, the Conservatoire uh, is a network which has different uh, um, buildings, one in Montreal, one in Chicoutimi, one in Val-d'Or, Quebec, Ottawa, and each are uh, interrelated. So uh, students can switch from one to the other if needed. For example, uh, for my classes, I needed to attend to a musicology class who was offered only in Quebec City. So uh, we had the like Zoom-like classes mm -hmm. and uh, I, at I, I traveled twice to Quebec to attend in the real classroom. Uh, I don't know if this would have been possible between two universities, but at the Conservatoire, that is something that can be done. Now let's clarify, this was before COVID-19. Before COVID, wow. because, yeah. visionary. Yes, indeed. Um, so the Conservatoire offers a continuum like cursus, which means it takes the student from its starting point. Um, but if the student is accepted, so an audition is needed. So if the student is accepted, his level is evaluated and the cursus is established from this point of starting. So a kid of like nine years old who is already very good in violin can start in higher levels of instrument. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and uh, he will attend to theory classes uh, according to the curriculum of the conservatoire. All the specification can be found of on the website of the conservatoire. So if you want to know more specifications of uh, this cursus, you can find them online. Uh, so um, for the préparatoire, uh, it starts really with young kids and brings them to uh, the professional level. Did you start as a young kid? But not, yes, but not at the conservatoire. Okay. I started in private lessons and uh, Vincent Lévy, then conservatoire. Okay. Yeah, so I started when I, I did the audition at the conservatoire, I just finished 
my CGEP studies in music, three years of music studies, and they put they evaluated my level and put me in a kind of visa uh, year, uh, mm -hmm. an additional level, additional year to perfect perfect my level, mm -hmm. which was mm -hmm. a bit uh, feeble, if I can say at the time. Mm -hmm. But uh, it they classified me in a, a certain place of their curriculum, and I started from there. And I graduate with the the master, uh, the master in music. Yeah. So, um, is this uh, <clears throat> is is this a parkour that uh, you would recommend uh, in general compared to a university program? Uh, I like it, especially because it takes the kid, if it is a kid, the child from the beginning level, mm -hmm. and it is. Um, I like the, the the teaching approach I followed. Mm -hmm. So yes, I would recommend if you if a parent want a continuity in the studies of his children, I would recommend him to make him study at the conservatoire. I did uh, give a master class once for the conservatoire in Quebec. Okay. But I was here in Montreal yeah. with. Uh, um, Monsieur Gonville, a Quebec composer. Michel Gonville. Yeah. Oui. And uh, we were talking from the table in here in Montreal to the students uh, in Quebec. Nice. Yeah. Visioconference. Visioconference, yeah. Yeah, it was before the pandemic. Very, uh, I didn't realize it was a, a, such an progressive. thing. Yes. So <laughs> progressive, yeah. Now, you have had many uh, positions as a church organist including at the Co-Cathedral in Longueuil. Um, this type of position is obviously learned the job. How did you get started as a church organist? Because, of course, you and just about everyone else uh, study organ performance. We don't yeah. study liturgical musicianship job mm -hmm. skills. What were some of the skills uh, you were surprised that you had to acquire? Yeah. Okay, first of all, I was my, I, I obtained my first position at Saint Paul de la Croix because Denis Gagné, uh, one of my colleagues and friends, referred me there. Mm -hmm. He tell, told me, Gabriel, you need to apply there. There is there is an opening, and you must apply. Yeah. Okay, uh, so I did apply. Uh, and it was a good good advice. It was a good advice. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't knew anything. I could barely play a psalm without making any mistakes, even in the melody, but I did uh, jump in the boat. So uh, I did a very crappy job in the beginning and I improved my level until uh, I was okay uh, and then very good. Uh, so uh, that's how I began. Um, <clears throat> the... <clears throat> The skill I was surprised that I need to acquire was not very much uh, the liturgical stuff and knowing what tune, uh, what music to place where. It w because I wasn't asked to know that. It was more the um, human relationship skills. Ah, okay. Yeah, to deal with church administrators and their um, interest who was, which was, which were and still are against what we music, musicians could want mm -hmm. for the music in the church. Uh, if I want to have an oboe, 
invited for Christmas mass and they just say, oh, we don't have any money for that. <sighs> okay, then I need to, to prove my point and understand theirs. But at this time, I wasn't very good at that. I was only 19 uh, in my late teens <laughs> years and I knew everything. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> like every teen. Yes. <laughs> so uh, these were the skills. Um, just talk to someone without seeming aggressive, which wasn't my point. Anyways, mm -hmm. my attitude, but maybe I was perceived that way. So to learn... Um, how to behave? Well, also with uh, with women, every time you are assertive, you're being perceived as aggressive, even if you aren't. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah, of that's course, true. It's, it's a completely different if you're a man. Uh, now, how uh, how do you balance uh, home and uh, work life? You're a mother of three children. I just yeah. give up on on stuff. Okay, you give up on stuff. I give up yeah. on stuff. Okay. Yeah, like today, I could have practiced two hours of wonderful Ma Marcel Dupré and uh, uh, wonderful French composer Pierre Ney, but I just cleaned the bathroom, scrubbed the bath, mm -hmm. and picked up uh, underwears. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> Because this needs to be done, and it drove me more crazy than not to practice. So that's uh, how I do the balance. Because, uh, well, job has to be done. And if I don't pick up clothes, most likely the kids won't do this, neither. Mm -hmm. And the uh, husband, uh, who thinks of mostly his own business in piano, he he don't see as much dirt as I see. Mm. Yeah, you, you, see, you see a lot of dirt. I, I really hope we don't have to turn the lights here because it's dusty, <laughs> so yeah. At least uh, we can see your floor, you know. Oh, yes, you're not yes. not walking on stuff and books and uh, toys and breaking breaking things. Through. Well, so I just give up on certain things and um, prioritize mm -hmm. what is most more important today for me to do. Uh, and tr and if I look like a week ahead or a month, I have to prepare a recital for mm -hmm. November and I will play crazy pieces of course but these need to be practiced three to four hours a day but right now I will not practice today because we will go to the pool after and it's yes. so, so nice so my yes. priority is to feel well today yes and I'll practice uh, my quota tomorrow and next day and next day and next day and uh, yeah to set priorities Now, um, you, uh, just like uh, taking care of a large group of kids, uh, mm. you have also been responsible for coordinating a large music team. Uh, what, uh, what type of administrative and production work goes on behind the scenes in preparation of music for a church service? Oh, wow. Music and musicians. Well, there, there needs to be an organist and a singer at each Mass. So coordinating the schedule, obviously, is very important. Then what will they sing? It will depend of the, the Sunday of the liturgical year. Mm -hmm. So I, I will read the, in the website of reference for that what is the, the, the following Sunday and the next one and the next one. And just 
program the pieces accordingly to that and then provide the sheet music to the musicians do you have a budget for that i don't okay so no. where does the music come from oh books okay books and photocopies or of photocopies mm -hmm. of photocopies okay and uh, things you know things that are written do not photocopy yes yes yes, yes, uh -huh. yes those. and stuff i find in other uh, jubilee and uh, yeah. other organist space is there something specific to uh, uh when you program music for a, a service where the bishop is present is the same the, the musical preparation is the same okay yeah Sometimes we got uh, we have to play imposé mm. mandatory mandatory yeah. pieces mm -hmm. which are not better even if it's a bishop okay <laughs> oh that's so good because yeah <laughs> some 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 bishop doesn't doesn't care mm -hmm. so it's uh, another person who who is responsible of the music in the diocese that uses his own preference and uh, in Longueuil, we have um, a vicar who composes himself and plays guitar and uh, likes this kind of pieces. So he, he takes care of the music when the bishop is present. Okay. Yeah, when it's a celebration diocesaine. Okay. He cares, takes care of that. So, um, mostly to be prepared for a celebration that involves the bishop, I, in my opinion, I just need to be very attentive to the, the order of the Mass. Okay. So, because he's almost never here in the co-cathedral, he's presiding three to four Masses annually. Mm -hmm. Because he needs to be everywhere else in his diocese. Also, we are not the, the center of it. Yeah. And the only ones to be in it. <clears throat> so to follow the order of the Mass, um, the program of the Mass is very important because he's always in a new place. So things need to be very precise and we need to be attentive to that. So he's not mixed up in... Or... Uh, he needs... To think only of his things okay. and we need to do our job properly and um, to return about uh, on, on people composing and programming music um, what the music by Quebecois composers have you programmed and uh, performed what what makes a good liturgical piece uh, I have played a lot of Denis Bédard composition uh, especially the the one that are in the some some recueil mm -hmm. uh, the Quebecois composers that are in the Prion Eglise are w worthy to know more about them. Mm -hmm. um, so you can determine what is a good composition mm -hmm. for your appreciation of it, because I think that. Despite some some criterias for a good composition, there are there is our own musical preferences mm -hmm. that, that can apply to that. Okay. 
How do you... Uh, uh, I yeah? will finish on that. Yeah, okay. So basically, um, what makes a good liturgical composition is uh, there are a few criterias, but I will resume them by saying relationship between music and liturgical context. Mm -hmm. So if you want to play a land piece in Christmas, that's not it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that's bad. Um, the relationship also between music and text. Mm -hmm. If you if you don't if you sing sad uh, a, 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 a text that invites sadness on a very joyful Christmas melody, it's not that consequent. Work, yeah. It doesn't work. Um, the artistry of the music itself, if it can can is it nice to hear is it uh, and are the interval uh easy to sing is it remember memorable mm -hmm. can you remember it uh, can the congregation sing it easily or not or cannot learn it at all is there an ambitious mm -hmm. the the yeah um the text themselves need to be accurate with the theology uh, is it appropriate for the liturgy does it come from an individual sensibility praise mm -hmm. uh, can it involve all the people in the church or it's only the experience of one person uh, and the quality of language do the words are uh, appropriate or is the grammar good uh, are there mistakes? Well, you you have really high criteria, you know. Uh, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> like, how many pieces does this leave, really? Because I have heard many churches program pieces that have a chorus going something like, yeah, 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 on repeat. Yeah, yeah. I, I can relate. Yes. Can relate. <laughs> okay. uh, there is a lot of music that meets these criteria, yeah. but unfortunately, we are imprisoned with the prion église and the need for the congregation to sing the what's in there with the lyrics that are printed there because it's the only reference booklet of all the Catholic liturgy, almost the only. Uh, it you don't have the hymno d'une même voix. Well, it should be in the uh, i would prefer to have that mm, okay. it's uh, a better quality do you have a, a hymnal in the church at all or just pre-on-église just pre-on-église okay at saint antoine de padoue uh, there are how many how many benches there for uh, for 1000 to be there seated how much cost a dmv 25 I don't bucks know, but if you get a thousand, you surely get a, a, get a, a discount. A discount that I pay, <laughs> you know, you know, if... But we do, um, we we do a booklet, mm -hmm. a little not booklet, but a feuille, you know, mm -hmm. uh, which includes only the lyrics of the songs. Okay. So I can program uh, fancy stuff with good uh, lyrics <laughs> because I I can print them. Okay. That's uh, just for big celebrations. For big celebrations, 
I don't remember. It's been too long. Okay. Yeah, it's been COVID. two years COVID. Right. Uh, well, yeah. And at Belleuil, uh, the curé doesn't mind the parishioners not having the prix en église. Okay. It costs them 8,000 a year. Oh my God. Yeah. 8,000. Yeah. So he just ditched that. Yeah, of course. $8,000, so, hey. Yeah, $8,000. So, with uh, Marc-Antoine, we are doing fabulous music. Oh, I don't with, doubt. <laughs> with uh, uh, high theological value, high artistry value. Composer's name, please. Oh, my God. Jeanne Landry. Oh, wow. Okay. Claude Thompson. Okay. Denis Bédard. A lot of Novalis uh, old okay. edition songs. For, for those of our listeners who don't know, uh, those are important Quebecois composers. Yeah. Highly recommend. Uh, you check them out in the Canadian Music Centre. Mm-hmm. And also the Chanoté, mm -hmm. which contain a lot of very high quality uh, works from French composers. Exclusively French composers, okay. I think. But, and also a lot of bad music. That But you ignore. That I ignore. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Sumptuous, sumptuously ignoring. <laughs> Now, uh, Marc Antoine d'Aragon is a professional singer uh, who is exceptional. You don't really need to teach him music. But uh, uh, do, how do you adapt your accompaniment to professional versus amateur singers? Hmm. With amateur singers, I tend to give them their notes, their, their tonality, okay. more obviously. Okay. I play softer the accompaniment when giving the introduction mm -hmm. and use a solo stop, very a loud solo okay. stop, or very distinct, so they, they hear the difference between what's important and what's not. Mm -hmm. And if I perceive that they are not very uh, comfortable, I just give the uh, unison note. Yeah. Bam. Bam. <laughs> Yeah, and they start, and they start uh, on the good note because we need to make them feel strong yeah so if they are confident and strong uh, uh, they can be very good and so is is this one of your pedagogical approaches when teaching music to amateurs um, you make them feel strong i make them feel strong and empowered yeah because if if you tell them oh that's bad and uh, what uh, you have to practice this uh, for one month and still nothing uh, who who wants to be treated like yeah. that ever besides they are they are volunteers so yeah. they're not obliged to do your bidding no they can leave <laughs> well that's a burden also yeah. for us yeah. because if we we have to accept someone who doesn't know singing and even can produce anything just because he's a member of the wider congregation okay. and, uh, mm -hmm. uh, it it's hard to to insert them the other choristers would just don't want to sit next to this person mm -hmm. and i've got some choristers who just said to someone oh you don't sing well don't come back oh wow <laughs> okay yeah well harsh, but sometimes sometimes uh, This, this shows the need for auditions. Mm -hmm. Even if it's a simple audition, you have to carry a tune. Yeah, I understand because the, uh, the, the point of the church administrators and liturgical uh, committee that say you have to accept everyone, but 
Mm. And then they're not happy because it doesn't sound good. Yeah, yeah. they are not happy because it doesn't sound good. And plus it costs money. You know, we are paid for the rehearsal in the evening, uh, week evening uh, and the morning of the mass. So this has a cost on everyone. Mm -hmm. The more people are good, the more, uh, the less they will question the salary or cachet we receive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and with professional I I can do mostly what I want because they know their music and they have the experience. If they low, if if uh, if they are not well prepared, I can pick them up the way I do with amateur. Mm -hmm. We can always save the situation as a the accompanist mm -hmm. if the soloist knows a bit their thing. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, with uh, with professionals, uh, sometimes who sing in celebrations, uh, I someone either the them the singer or uh, maybe a, a family uh, wants to incorporate a, a non church, a secular song. Now, do you do you accept to program secular music? If As the so, mass dominical dominical mass no, never never never. never. But for funeral and weddings, I do. Okay. It depends also really of the the secular music. Mm -hmm. If it's an instrumental composition, even why not in a mass? If it has no words, it has no connotation. Mm -hmm. But uh, if it's like uh, l'essentiel, le ginecreno, or which we are always asked for it, um, I usually put them these pieces at the entrance or recessional. Mm -hmm. Because they are not officially part of the... Yeah. And if I talk with the priest, his opinion on this can guide my choices also. Mm -hmm. For those of our listeners who don't know, um, um, in Catholic uh, liturgy, there is no such thing as, uh, uh, as entrance and recessional in the traditional sense of the word. The Catholic liturgy starts... Uh, when the priest says uh, in the name of uh, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and finishes with "Ite Misa Est, Aleda la Christ. So uh, uh, musicians do recessionals as a tradition because uh, it's, it's expected, but it's not a mandatory part. So this is where secular music can be. Yeah. Yeah. Delicately inserted. Uh, now, uh, of course, uh, as a titular musician, you're, you're sometimes asked to uh, minister to families and talk to them about uh, an upcoming funeral or a wedding. Um, what kind of questions are the most frequently asked? Uh, most of people mm -hmm. don't know what to expect. Okay. Yeah. They so don't. They are not churchgoers. They are not churchgoers, and. They don't know what to expect, how much, how many tunes, how many songs they need to choose, uh, what type of music. They, some of them just tell me, I don't know anything, please, cho please, do, please choose the music for okay. me, I, and I am sure you will do what is needed. I like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. There are some church goers that has their, have their greatest hits mm -hmm. and ask for either good musical composition or some kind of 
low quality music they're used to since 20 years and okay. more. Mm -hmm. Uh, and there are those who are really illuminated that ask for specific uh, worship songs they have in their their other church. Yes. <laughs> and uh, some Christian pop music, mm -hmm. which is the very one with special. the yeah 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 chorus. No, <laughs> no, no. This was the old time, I think. Oh, okay. And the the this kind of music, I think, is perceived as still actual by. The agent pastoral, but it's okay. not okay. Yeah, now it's like it's more like glorious kind of music and Natasha Saint Pierre, okay. uh, Mario Pelcha, uh, who recorded those popular singers who recorded uh, sacred music. Uh, and for weddings, um, I, I do a list of songs, uh, I make a list of songs we pr offered. Mm -hmm. And they so, choose from the and list? they choose from most of them choose from the list. Mm -hmm. I don't think, uh, uh, I don't remember if I mentioned if you have any special demand, feel free to ask. Ah, okay. I'm I'm not sure I did that because <laughs> when I write this, I have uh, oh can I have horn bag uh, horn pipe music? Oh okay. And oh yeah for sure it will cost you like five hundred dollars. Uh, oh no problem. Uh, and then. Uh, you look at your own salary, yeah, yeah, damn yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh. Well, yes, uh, people spend uh, hundreds of dollars on the flowers, but uh, and when they see thousands. Uh, thousands, but when they see $75 for the yeah. organist. The last like... wedding I did, they had a, 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 a limousine square, a limousine bus. Wow, there, I didn't was... know such a thing existed. I, I didn't yeah. know either. <laughs> It was so big, and there they had another one. Ah, okay, two. Of they them. had yeah. two of them, and they had also the um, the bird in a cage, oh, the god. flying birds. Oh no, they yeah. were released in the at the end of the wedding. Yes. Oh god, but and you were paid sixty bucks. Uh, one hundred. Oh well, still, but they didn't really... want to 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 engage uh, to uh, yeah engage a violinist because it was one hundred more. Oh. So priorities. Yeah, yeah. you need to prioritize. Yeah. Prioritize. Yeah, like for cheap the... show off his stuff, but the the quality art can just go to the side. Yeah, yeah. So. All right. So in this happy note, let me let <laughs> me ask, let me ask you a question that uh, that I ask every guest, uh, because this podcast has a a focus on professional ethics. So. Um, what would you consider a non-negotiable line of professional ethics? And have you experienced any conflict? Uh, do you feel comfortable sharing what the conflict was and how did you resolve it? Or maybe you didn't have any conflict. Who knows? But what is the, the professional ethics red line for you? Hmm. I experienced uh, a conflict almost 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. I was just fired from my job mm -hmm. by someone who didn't have the powers to do it. Oh, okay. And I didn't knew that mm -hmm. at the time. Okay. So I just left my job, mm -hmm. and that person told me, told other members of uh, the community. The no, no, the 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 office okay. that I I left willingly. Wow! Oh, yeah. Wow! Yeah. But, wow. And what, what happened then? Nothing happened. Okay. Okay. 
When did she you find fired out? Me. She okay. fired me because it's a, 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 that was the choir director mm-hmm. who wanted me to be there always when the choir was playing. Okay. And she gave me, uh, he wa- she wasn't giving me any more uh, celebration, even if I asked her, I am available, I can do them. And she wanted to have like five organists for five masses. Okay. Just to have the choice of who she wants at what time. Okay. And to be like, I wanted to go in vacation. You know, I'm travailleur autonome, independent yeah. worker. I can choose my schedule. Yeah. So, um, I wanted to go the the fin de semaine du travail, a three days a long weekend somewhere. Mm-hmm. I don't remember where. I just called off, and I gave her the coordinates of a, a, a sub. Institution mm-hmm. organist, yeah. and finally that substitution organist undertook my place. Oh wow! Yeah. Charming. Yeah, very. Yeah. And I thought she was a friend, you know, because we were going out for beers and yeah. burgers and yeah. stuff, you know. Yeah. And from and she just took my place. Wow. But she had and how it resolved? I just was fired and went away. And then, five years later, that choir director got fired, mm-hmm. and the organist got fired. Okay. And who was called to replace them? You were! <laughs> wow! Well, karma. Karma, yeah. or a providence, or... A... So you didn't even have to solve it. It nope. got solved by itself. Yeah, just wow. I, I just showed excellence uh, in my job, so I, ju- I, I went uh, and wow. being recruited. Yep, of course. Well, uh, again, this is part of why you're a guest uh, at our podcast, <laughs> because I only invite excellent people. Oh, thank you. Dear Gabrielle, thank you very much for uh, agreeing to do this interview. It's my pleasure. And so we finished with a bit of a saucy story. I like that. Right? Yeah. So um, thank you very much, and uh, we wish you all the best. And um, uh Whenever there is a concert, uh, please send the link and I'll share it uh, to our listeners. All right. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you, everyone, for being with us today at Topical Reflections on Music. And uh, it has been a while, but, uh, you know, COVID times, it's sometimes difficult to recruit guests in COVID times. Yep. Yep. So have a wonderful day, everyone, and talk to you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>